0: The
1: Carl B. Phillips
0: Show. Hosted by me, Carl B. Phillips, Uncle Carl. The Carl B. Phillips Show. Get ready for another great conversation on The Carl B. Phillips Show. Welcome to The Carl B. Phillips Show. I am Carl B. Phillips, Uncle Carl. My guest today on the 20th episode of The Carl B. Phillips Show is a nationally known gospel recording artist. She's an evangelist, and she's known as the at-lip queen. Please help me welcome evangelist Lillian Lloyd. What's going on, woman (laughs) of God? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be here. Awesome. So as I warned you, I'm going to ask you an icebreaker question. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this is your icebreaker question. If people are coming over your house for the holidays, Are you catering or are you cooking?
1: I am definitely cooking.
0: (laughs) Okay, so what's on the menu?
1: Uh, We will probably have turkey wings, beef short ribs, dressing, mac and cheese, potato salad, candy yams, um, yellow rice. Um, What else we're going to have? I say mac and cheese already. Definitely going to have that. Um, mm, Collars, maybe I might do some turnips and a few other dishes have a couple pies and
0: cobblers and such. <laughs> You're going to be cooking a month before.
1: <laughs> yep. I start early in the morning and get it start late that night and get, and get it done.
0: <laughs> That's the old school start. You know, Thanksgiving, yeah. you, you start sometime Wednesday and keep cooking all day Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in my research, um I found out that you were born in Macon, Georgia.
2: hmm.
0: My about... parents
1: parents left Port Huron back in the 50s and moved to Macon. My dad was well he they actually moved to Waynesboro, Georgia. My dad mm-hmm. was pastor of a small church there and then they later moved to Macon and that's where I was born. And then when okay. I turned 17, I moved back to Port Huron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about your growing up in in Macon, Georgia and what church life was like for you growing up in Macon.
1: So Macon is a very musical town and people don't realize that because it's, you know, Whenever you say Georgia, if it's not Atlanta or Savannah, then that's it, that's all that people really know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Macon is a very musical town, it is the birthplace of um, Otis Redding, it's the birthplace of the architect of rock and roll, uh, Little Richard, and through Little Richard, we have the careers of Jimi Hendrix, Rolling Stones, and so many other artists that he put on his tours. So people don't realize the legacy, the rich legacy of, of, uh, of Macon, but at any rate, um, I grew up P.A.W., but I would always visit a church that was in our neighborhood. It was another apostolic church in our neighborhood called Overcoming, and they were quartet singers. Oh, wow. The pastor and his brothers, they had a quartet group called the Cotton Brothers, and they had the Cotton Brothers Jr. So the sons of the brothers, they had their own group, too. And so you would see four or five of them just lined up across the front of the church any given Sunday with guitars, and, and they had keyboards and everything set up, and it was just you could hear the sound down the street. And I would just, I would walk down the street to church every Sunday after our service got out, I would go to their church and we'd be there at four or five o'clock in the afternoon.
0: (laughs) That's old school church all day long.
1: (laughs) Yes. So they were singing and praising God and prophesying. And that's what, you know, kind of drew me to, I was drawn to that because of the prophetic anointing that was on my life. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just being drawn to who I was going to become. And that's where I got it from.
0: Well, that, that leads me to my next question. When did you accept that calling on your life as an evangelist?
1: I was about 17 years old when I went gone, gone to uh, pra- pra- come back to Port Huron to live with my grandmother. I um, and I met you around that time, actually. And um, I'm seeing with the state choir, uh, uh, Michigan State Council Northern District Council and um so i told my grandmother i said believe the lord called me to preach i know he called me to preach she said are you ready to die wow i "I didn't say anything about dying i said he called me to preach i gotta die to preach just let me tell you something she told me the story about when she was a little girl well she was a younger preacher rather not a little girl when she was a younger evangelist that she went to somewhere in mississippi i believe somewhere in memphis or mississippi somewhere in that same area because they're that's only just across the bridge from each other mm-hmm. um she went down there and she was preaching they were preaching in houses and and ministering during revivals and people's living rooms and such and in the midst of that a lady got filled with the holy ghost wow. and they baptized her in jesus name in her tub and they had these metal tubs this mm-hmm. was and so when that happened The woman got filled with the Holy Ghost and she was speaking in tongues. And her husband thought that my grandmother had put witchcraft or root or something on her, you know, done voodoo or something on her. Mm -hmm. He didn't know why his wife was around the house speaking in tongues. And he said, you better get your so-and-so out of town or I'll kill you. And my my grandmother, she stuck her arms out and said, come on, I'm ready to die. I'm willing to die for the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. So, you know, in other words, she wasn't going to just not preach because Mm. he threatened her. She said, so I ask you again, are you ready to die? Because if you're not ready to die, you're not ready to preach. Wow. And so that's why I take my ministry so seriously because it's not just about being on big stages and and somebody carrying your briefcase and you staying in fine hotels and and being driven to churches and limousines and such that's what we got attracted to in the 90s the glam era of evangelism right all these big name prophets and preachers were doing these major conferences in big arenas and we thought that was something special not realizing that real ministry is not on a big in an arena in a big stadium but real ministry is one-on-one in your fam- Does your family know you're saved? Right. Do the people in your neighborhood know that you have the Holy Ghost? Do your coworkers know you're saved? How many of you them have you shared the love of Jesus with Have you ever invited any of them to go to church with you? Have you ever had right. prayer with anybody in your neighborhood? Anybody, does anybody around you other than you know that you're saved? Wow. That's where it starts.
0: That that's deep. So right.
1: I'm not impressed that you preach in big arenas if the people on the plane, the airport, and other, other places can't tell that you're saved. Wow. Without you carrying the Bible, do they know that you're saved? You know,
0: you you bring out an interesting point because, as you said, there was a shift in ministry, uh, like you said, back in the 90s, where it became almost profitable to be a minister. (laughs) Sure, sure. When you think, because you've been in ministry for a while now, you Mentioned mm-hmm. your grandmother. Who are some other people that influenced you that growing up, especially like the PAW, had some great evangelists? Oh, my lord! You know, uh, uh, Jackie McCullough's, uh, Iona Lock, some of those that came uh, out of the organization, um, Dr.
1: Ann's, at, yeah, Ann's Pratt, uh, Dr. Carolyn Showell, uh, Bishop Jackie McCullough, Bishop, uh, Iona Lock, of course, they, those were our staples. Uh, uh and Sandra Riley, Sandra Riley, of course. Yeah. And uh, she was—I loved Sandra Riley because she just she had such a grace, but she was just very tough. Like she didn't play, right? But she was very feminine. I like that she could preach hard but still be a lady.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I could say that about all of our our female evangelists. They they preach hard but they're still very much ladies. And I love that we can we can have anointing and femininity.
0: <laughs> so, again, when you think about them, as you were growing as an evangelist, what were some of, you kind of talking about what you took from Sandra, uh, Evangelist Riley, what were some of the other nuggets that you were able to grasp for some of those great women of God? Well,
1: I know a lot to me was the pinnacle, like she was the greatest of of us all. Mm. And I say us all, I mean women in general. I think if you if you have to compare... I just think she was the greatest. The reason why I say that is because she had the education, one of it, one for one thing. She had the education, she had the intellect, and she knew how to tell a Bible story and make you feel like you were literally in Jerusalem. You were wow. in the Valley of Acor. You were in, uh, the lion's den you were wherever she was talking about you literally felt like you were there in that moment she was like the female bishop norman wagner that same the demonstrative side of it there was the dramatic side of it the theatrical side of it but very much steeped in the anointing and the word it was never for show it was just who she was Mm -hmm. and a lot of people they liked the, they like the dramatic side of her. Welcome to the perfecting church. Live recording. You know, they love the fact that she used her hands and God, Oh, father. Mm-hmm. We thank you. They love that. Mm-hmm. And you want to imitate that. But are you going to study, gather the information, not just the theatrics? They love Jackie McCullough's uh, tongues. They love how she speaks in tongues. They love the roughness of her voice. But are you going to do her reading? Are you going to develop her reading habits? Probably not. You just like, you want to sound like her. You want to dress like Iona, because she always had her hair laid. <laughs> Chloe Bob. She's going to have that one bang. I think I had every one of her hairstyles. At some point, I had every one of those hairstyles. Her and Vicki Wilder, I had them hairstyles. <laughs> out to John Gooden. John Gooden, I think John Gooden did their hair, but my hairstylist was a student of John Gooden, so I had all of them styles. (laughs) But so many people were attracted to how they did it Mm -hmm. uh, or what they did, but who's going to put in the work to do how they did it and what they did, and then live the lifestyle that's attached to that. So that's what I took away from that. It was, it, Dr. Carolyn Show was another one. She's educated, anointed, and you didn't either. They, they had, for the most part, you're not going to give everybody that, but for the most part, they had scandal-free ministries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You had people that made up stuff. You had people that would say little things, but nothing really solid that you could pin on those ladies. Right. Yeah, they live home. They, they don't, and when people don't know something, they will make it up. They will. I'm a, okay. I'm a living witness. I'm living. I'm the poster child for people making up stories on you. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but definitely those ladies were very, very influential. But I learned because I wanted to be like I don't know, like I wanted to be like Jackie McCullough, but I had to learn to be Lillian Lloyd. Bishop Norman Wagner said something at my, my uncle Raymond Bishop uh, Raymond Lloyd. Uh, in Springfield, Ohio, she, he said something at his funeral. He preached, he did the eulogy. He said, don't be the second coming of Norman Wagner. Be the first coming of
0: you. Wow.
1: And that stuck with me. It just let me know I was on the right path. You're not You're not put here to be the second coming of Iona Locke. You're not put here to be the second coming of Bishop Wagner. You're not here to be the second coming of, 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 of Dr. Carolyn Showell. Be the first coming of you. The world does not need another Jackson McCullough, but we need a Lillian Lloyd, and we don't have a Lillian Lloyd. So you be Lillian Lloyd, be what we don't have. You be Carl Phillips, be what we don't have.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because you hear a lot of people talking now about finding your own voice. That part. You know, finding who you are, discovering who you are. Because like you said, we don't need another somebody. We don't need another somebody else. God put that person there for that time and season especially now as we're going through this, this transitioning where we're starting to lose a lot of the generals of the gospel. Oh yeah. A lot of the mothers of the gospel, a lot of the fathers of the gospel. As you see this transitioning going on, how are you moving? How do you find yourself moving yourself into that new place following the transition of some of these generals?
1: Uh, well, it's a grieving process for one, because these are our fathers and mothers. And I recently lost my biological mother uh, back in December of last year. So we're coming up on a year anniversary of that. So it, it kind of makes you feel a little anxious
2: mm-hmm. because
1: it's like, OK, you guys are leaving. What are we supposed to do? You are supposed to be gathering this information before we got to this point. Right. That's what I tell my my spiritual children now. Don't wait until you're 40 to try to grasp it. Because by the time you're 40, I'll be 70, you know. By the time you're 40, <laughs> be, you know what I'm saying? So it, it'll be too late then. Get me while I'm good. Get me while I'm young. Get me while I'm vibrant, while I got some juice. <laughs> don't wait until the water runs dry to go say, oh, it's time. Hurry back. You know, don't know. You should have been writing these things down. You should have been taking these lessons to heart while we're in our In our prime so to speak so when the jackies and the and not no disrespect we're calling by the first name but when the ionas and the jackies were in their 40s doing ministry that was the time to be gleaning and, and grasping right it already be in place now but the thing is some of us are really some people i will say people really confused because of the glam era of ministry we didn't know what to aspire to be so you don't think you have a successful ministry unless you've ever preached at the potter's house your ministry is not successful unless you preach for jamal Bryant, or unless you preach for some you know mega church and you had a big crowd of people around and you're an itinerant evangelist and you've got 50 city a 50 city preaching tour on the books and you've been over you've been overseas and you've been to africa and you've been to milan and all these different places you've been to dubai you're not legit unless you've done that and that's just not the truth your ministry is valid whether you have preached abroad or whether you preach at your church on tuesday night on a platform service that ministry is still significant so if we would we need my my posture now is as i get ready to step into the pastorate myself. In another year or so is understanding the significance of the small doors the significance of small beginnings right. the importance of having a small group of people and being able to train and teach that group not worrying about what somebody's doing down the street or how somebody's running things down the street or trying to align myself with this model that they have for churches now oh we're the pivot church or we're the cup church we're the up church, the down church, the right church, the left church, you know, they have all these catchy names and all these catchy slogans and they have coffee shops and gyms and, and, and stadiums and all of these things in their churches. But how much this, the house of God is supposed to be a house of prayer for all people. How much prayer is going on in your church? Right. How many lives are being changed? I used to date this guy and he was trying so hard to impress my parents that it was just becoming annoying. I'm like, are you dating them or are you dating me? Wow because this is getting silly now. And when my mom was, you know, at the very end, he and I spoke and I put the phone to my mother's ear so that she could hear his voice. She couldn't speak, but she was able to hear his voice. And he said a prayer over her and told her that he loved her. And he became overwhelmed. And he said, I'll I'll, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. It mm-hmm. was very overwhelmed. He texted me back. And then he left me a message. He said, Lillian, you were always the one. And I blew it because I was trying too hard to date your mom rather than dating you. I was trying to impress her with my wisdom. I was trying to impress her with my knowledge. He had said, but I, I mentioned him because he brought up this thing about Oh, I can, I can plant a church and grow a church. I know how to get people to come to church. And I, and my, my ministry is growing by leaps and bounds. Oh, my ministry, rah, 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 all this lip service. And so we didn't have social media back then. We didn't have uh the things now that we have the things then that we have. Now we didn't have access to a lot of the stuff. Social media didn't become popular until two years later after he and I had already split up. So there wasn't a way to prove a lot of the things he was telling me. So of course you can say, oh, I got members hanging out the door. Yeah, you can say that with your mouth, but if I show up at your church, how many people are gonna be there? (laughs) And I said, sweetheart, I'm not impressed by you having a lot of members. I'm not impressed with that. How well are they? How whole are your members? Do they have a prayer life? Do they have a solid walk with the Lord? Are they consistent? Are they givers? Are they real supporters? Or are they just coming along because you're a single man and they're hoping to be the next first lady?
0: That's a sermon in itself right there.
1: Why are they coming? The fact that they're coming, is not, is that's great. Why are they coming? Are they coming? And I look at my own life, being in the entertainment business, are you coming because you're looking for... An opportunity in music? Or are you coming because you want to be saved? Are you hoping that, well, she's a singer, so that means a lot of producers are going to be around her. A lot of musicians are going to be around her. I better come over there and see what they've got going on. Hoping for an opportunity. So we raised, we, we, we bred a generation of opportunists that are not serious about the work of the Lord. They want to be wonders. They're intoxicated by likes. They're intoxicated by attention. And people making a, going viral is the thing now. Right. Going viral is the thing now. See, back back in the nineties, we didn't have social media, so you had to buy the videotape. But see, now that we have YouTube, we can go back and watch those videos and repost those clips, and we can just take a minute. Segment out of a two-hour sermon. When people actually would sit through a two-hour sermon.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Good
1: no, to get 20 minutes out of them now, and it's like.
0: <sighs> yeah. when, when you get past 20 minutes. Let me get my phone out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Going? Start scrolling or something.
0: Yeah. Now you slip something in there in your conversation that we're having about pastoring. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't on my list of questions, but you said it, so I'm going to go with it. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Um, After I accepted my call to preach when I was 17, as the years went on, and I started to travel and and do ministry more, I started to feel the tug. I was in Trenton, I was going to say Trenton, Ohio, Trenton, New Jersey,
2: Mm. I was
1: in Trenton, New Jersey. And the church that I had to preach at was on this really dark, abandoned street. And the Lord spoke to me while I was on that street and told me that I would pastor. Wow. And because he told me in Trenton, I felt I would pastor in Trenton. And I'm like, is this the place? Is this it? And so I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm the immediate yes chick. I don't go back and forth with God. I don't know where you people got that from, but I don't go back and forth with God. When he tells me to do something, it's immediate yes. As far as him giving me instruction, I want you to move to Pittsburgh. I want you to move to wherever. I'm getting my stuff together and I'm going.
2: Hmm.
1: Send me, I'll go. I'm that chick. I've always been that chick. I don't, I've don't. i never been afraid to launch out and do what he called me to do. So running from running, I ran from my calling. Where'd you run to? That sounds stupid. Where'd you run to <laughs> that you thought you could escape God? Where 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 were you going? What were your what was the end game? Right. Where were you expecting the game by running? You do know he can get you, right?
0: Oh, okay. So is, is He, the he church, doesn't
1: have to leave where he was to get where you are, right?
0: Is the church yeah. gonna be in Vegas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, when I come to Vegas, I got a church to go to now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, I feel like this is where it's needed.
0: Mm. You
1: know, in everyone in the Midwest, he's, I come to Detroit, I could start a church in Detroit in five minutes. It wouldn't take any time for me to gather a following of, in Detroit. It wouldn't take any time for me to gather a following in Chicago, Atlanta, Miami, somewhere in Charlotte or you know, up in Philly or somewhere like that, I could easily start a church in any of those cities and do well. If I started a church in Atlanta, I would really do well. And I almost did that just because I would do well. But doing well and doing will is two different things.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I want to do his will. I don't want to just do well.
0: And so when you do his will, the well will come. Absolutely. Now you're getting it. Yeah,
1: that's that's the point. People are they they want to see how something looks on paper. They want to do what's easiest, but not always what's best, what is needed, what is necessary. We don't have any female pastors out here. Wow. We have very few thriving churches out here. We got a lot of a bunch of different churches, but it's not no real Pentecostal churches out here. There's only one major apostolic church out here, and that's Mountaintop. wow and so there's just not a lot you know you got a lot of little you know small storefront churches and then you got um a lot of catholic churches here Hmm. there's a couple big baptist churches but we really don't i mean we have a quantity of church buildings but no real thriving ministries that are really making an impact in the city
0: so we'll definitely be praying for you because that that, like you said it's a much needed thing Um, in the Vegas area.
1: And I know I've got my work cut out for me. That's why I'm not rushing. And I'm not, you know, I haven't released a date yet. I'm looking within the next year or so. But. uh...
0: (laughs) We'll be praying. You talked about our meeting back in the day as a part of the Northern District Council. Mm -hmm. I did not realize you were a part of the state choir that I was the minister of music of. Mm-hmm. Until a few years ago, we had greater grace. Uh huh. You walked up to me and you said, I wonder what happened to you. Uh huh. And Lillian, you don't know what that did for me that night when you start singing the song that I taught the state choir. Did you I, write that? Hmm? Did you write that song? I wrote that song. Wow. In an I live hope, Yeah, I wrote that song. So you. Don't know what that did for me. So I want to again say thank you for that. For your just your speaking out into my life meant the world yeah. to me. Because like I, you
1: did... know, you sold into oh. the life of a little girl, of wow. a seventeen little girl. You gave me something to aspire to become, and you reinforce that desire to do music. You reinforce that in me just in that in that time in those rehearsals and in those services. You just don't know. Wow. The impact that's why i say you know our state now i grew up in the georgia state council with uh uh charles pastor charles westmoreland and his wife dolores and uh you know wanda reese uh first lady wanda reese of the temple at the Apostolic church in, uh in uh atlanta and some of those they were our directors uh sam sanders and um who else did we have we had a few uh directors that were there but sam and sam and wanda and Charles Westmoreland were the main, they they were the key directors at that time. And the songs that they taught us when we were 11 and 12 years old, I still remember them. Wow! I still, and it's it's like really funny stuff. Like Wanda Reese taught us Jesus is a rock one time. Jesus is a rock in a weary land, Jesus is a... So when she was teaching, uh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, she said, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da, hey. Jesus is above. And so whenever I hear that song, I immediately say, Hey, because she did that. <laughs> she was teaching it. Cause she was giving the musicians. Wow. So you don't you sow a seed. Little things like that. You sow a seed. When when Charles Westmoreland taught us Holy Spirit, we got that Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, he would say, Oh. Oh, Holy Spirit. He would always do that O to bring us into the next O. Because that's a state choir. So you got this huge choir stand full of over 100 people in the choir stand. So he's having to, you know, voice and hand direct. So just that little O. Anytime I hear Holy Spirit by Richard Smallwood, I always put that little O in there. You put a seed on the inside of somebody. And seeds grow up to trees so you are a part so whatever you see if you feel like carl phillips ministry has been insignificant or hasn't been as big as it should have been or haven't accomplished when you look at lillian lloyd and all that lillian lloyd has accomplished i am your accomplishment as well bless you i'm a part of what you accomplished as a minister of the gospel you could have been anywhere working for anybody you could have been charging top dollar to do workshops and travel, and had your own choir and pursuing a music career, but you were serving within the local assembly. Wow! And we saw that, and we honored that. And so look who came out of that choir. You know who else was in the choir stand? Dietrich Haddon. Yeah. You see that? Look at him. He's pastoring now. He has an award-winning musical career. He's an actor. He. He's written movies. He's a producer. He's a writer. Look at all that he has accomplished. You're a part of that. You had a hand in that.
0: You, you know, it's, it's interesting that you would say that um, at this stage in my life, God is allowing me to hear people say thank you. And that means the world to me. So you live
1: to see it happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. God is allowing.
1: Eddie, Eddie Brown is playing all over the country. He's a, a, a big time uh sought after musician and producer. Yeah. He was twelve years old.
0: When he, he started played you know, played, I, played I, the keyboard that night. Him and his mother, you know, Eddie, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dietrich, uh, Marvin Sapp, um, Fred Hammond. Al-
1: Alex Morris is one of the lead singers of the Four
0: Tops. Yeah, Alex Morris, you know, a lot of, and you know, it's, it's interesting because these are my, some of these are my are not interview questions, but a lot of times the Apostolics don't get the uh, recognition you know, that a lot of the other organizations did. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at the Dawkins and Dawkins, when you look yep. at the Warren Campbells uh, that came out of Apostolic churches. They don't mm-hmm. get the recognition that uh, Koji
1: gets the credit for all the music. They always get yeah. the credit for all the music. But when you look at the caliber of artists, B. Slade, formerly known as Tone, you don't get any higher than that. Right. That's skill and ability and annoyance. You don't get any higher than that. He is the he is that dude. Right. Look at Ty. Look at, and I mean, they came out of, I think they were PCAF, but I mean, we're one the same. Right. And so all of the all these these guys came out of the apostolic church and again like walker Mm mm-hmm absolutely yeah Yeah. by the way pawpcf they all came out of the same pot
0: (laughs) let's do another random question okay if you had an opportunity to have a guest starring role on one of these shows which would it be martin a different world or living single
1: Definitely a different world. That is my favorite, one of my favorite sitcoms. That's probably one of, my, it's one of my top five sitcoms. I love Martin. I I I probably would have gotten kicked off the set of Martin because I <laughs> Martin's an idiot. Okay. And then the episode where they had David Allen Greer guest hosting is uh Pastor Leon Lonnie Love, Reverend Leon Lonnie Love. <laughs> the Holy Ghost done told me everything's gonna be all right. Oh baby, I would love that. Ah, ah. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I love David <laughs> Allen Greer. He's one of my favorites. And I would have just laughed myself. That that scene popped up on Instagram the other day we were talking about. I said, they would have had to recut this scene 50 times. <laughs> or they would have just taken me said, so I don't know. I think that's why Tisha Campbell is one of my heroes as an actress. Because I'm like, how did she manage to maintain her composure while he was doing all that crazy stuff? <laughs> all these different characters that he played. She was able to maintain her composure. Jerome's in the house.
2: Look at the white shoes. Look at the white shoes. You know that crazy right. <laughs>
0: If if you were on a different world, what type of role would you want to play?
1: Um, see, I don't know. I, I just I always love Whitley and Dwayne's chemistry. I really watched that show to watch their relationship because Dwayne Wayne was the guy that we all wanted to be in relationship with. He was the, the guy we all wanted to. He we wanted him to be our boyfriend, you know.
0: I'll never forget, <laughs> baby, please,
1: baby, please. I just watched that episode last night. It, <laughs> it's just it just never gets old. Um, but with my personality and the kind of guys that I like, when that show was actually out, Ron was definitely my boyfriend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be Rob's girlfriend. Yeah, because
1: I love frat boys. I love I always love frat boys, and he's a musician. He's a drummer, of course. So <laughs> it's just. Naturally, he would have been my boyfriend. So I probably would have. I probably would have been Ron's girlfriend. Somewhere, somewhere in the mix.
0: Let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your musical journey. Uh, you are known as the lib Queen. I, my favorite line: I could have been cuckoo. I was love that line. I, I want I said, to talk about um, Diane Williams. From Cosmopolitan my, because you're compared it. a lot to her talk yeah. about Diane Williams and what you've taken away from her when it comes to some of your ad libs
1: she and I are so much alike in so many different ways but I did un, con, con, uh, contrary to popular opinion I did not grow up listening to her mm-hmm. I didn't grow up studying her I had heard her sing before but I didn't grow up studying Diane Williams hmm and I have heard that several times. Like, no, that's not accurate. Mm-hmm. I grew up studying Lynette Hawkins. I grew up studying Shaka Khan. I grew up studying Aretha Franklin. I grew up studying Diane Williams. But at any rate, but she's a she's a phenomenal performer and and vocalist. But the way again that she gives, she tells a story. And that was always what I wanted to do. I would hear singers, and if the song is talking about, I tell this story all the time, the song is talking about peaches, they would just keep saying, peaches, oh, peaches, 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 peaches are good, peaches, are... but what about peaches? Tell us, give us a breakdown. What is a peach? Where did you find them? What made you fall in love with that peach? What do you get from, what does a peach do for you? Name five benefits of eating a peach. How do you feel after you've eaten the peach? Tell the story, break it down. So if you say Jesus, uh, he'll be there. Where, where is he going to be? When will he get there? How do you know? What should I do while I wait for him to come or to show up in my situation? What if I get discouraged while I'm waiting? Right. Tell me a story, paint this picture. Now that comes a lot easier for me because I'm a preacher. So, I'm writing a book called The Theory of At Libitum, and it's a book for lead singers and a book for all singers, really, but particularly for lead singers. Because I see lead singers I was watching this video one time and saw these two artists that this great song, and when they got to the vamp, I'm like, oh boy, here's our opportunity for them to nail it. Choir's just saying Jesus, that's all they're saying. And this, this lead singer's got the mic ready, let's get it. And all they did the entire time was squall and do a bunch of runs. I was very disappointed. So much so until I went live and I talked about it. I said, you people have got to stop this. You ruined my life right here with this song. (laughs) Because you had all of this space to paint a picture and tell us about the Lord. And what did you do? (laughs) It, it came a riff match and a squall fest, and there's there's nothing wrong with it. But what did the people leave knowing about Jesus that they didn't know before they came in? Nothing, because you didn't tell them anything.
0: You yeah, know, that's something that's. You learn to... some new
1: riffs, but they sure didn't learn anything about the Lord because you didn't take the time to tell
0: them. So when I deal with, especially in the studio, uh, dealing with singers, they get mad at me because if you're not a good ad lib, I will write an ad lib story for you to kind of, cause you, 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 you need more than just Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Tell a story. Um, I forget. You need
1: more than Lily of the Valley, vitamin and star bread, I'm hungry, water, when I'm thirsty. What has he done for you? Right. What has been your personal experience with the Lord?
0: Right. And people need to hear that. You are a versatile singer. You recently partnered with, and I hope I get this name right, Block Rockstar?
1: Black Rock Star.
0: Black Rockstar. Black Rock Star. Mm-hmm. How did the two of you meet and decide? You know, the One More Chance girl is about to rock out. <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: always, I've always had that inner rock star. Just never had a place to display that because gospel singers aren't supposed to sing anything but gospel. And I recently got over that, and decided I'm going to sing what I feel good singing, and let that let the chills fall where they may. I was in um, Wiley I was at Wiley College during their homecoming, and this young man was playing guitar. He wasn't at the rehearsal, so I didn't um, I didn't know who he was. I hadn't I hadn't met him. He wasn't with the rest of the band during the rehearsal, so he came in after the fact. He was just on the guitar once I had already started singing. And so in the midst of I was got to the vamp of. uh, I've got the victory when I got to the vamp, I hear this guitar playing. I'm like, this boy's over here killing it because he's there is nothing laid back about Jamil at all. His name is Jamil Davis. Um, Nothing laid back about him at all. He's a very aggressive guitarist. And I love that about him. So he started willing on that guitar and I just I just let them keep the keep the beat going. I said, let me hear you play. I gave him an opportunity to do a solo and he blew my mind. Do you mean? He blew my mind. I was like. <laughs> so I ran over to him and put my arm around it and we rocked out and we've been rocking ever since. And that was in 2017. This is senior year of college. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and y'all have fun. I've, I've seen some video of you all together. Y'all oh, yeah. have so much fun. <laughs>
1: star child he is my star child he is so incredibly phenomenal he's an excellent writer uh he's written songs for me and he is helping me write songs that i've written you know help put the music to songs that i've written and
0: and we've got a lot of good stuff coming
1: for y'all i'm telling you
0: speaking of some... songwriting so there's this song i'll call deliver us uh-huh. I, I looked on the credits and it says songwriter lillian j lloyd who Absolutely. knew? Who knew? It's time to know. It's
1: time to know. You've been when you've been in the background for so long. I've served with Ricky Dillard and New G for 18 years. And all this time I've had all these other gifts and you know, writing songs and singing songs and singing other kinds of songs, and the songs that people are traditionally used to hear me sing, fast songs. But before I joined New G, I was a member of B Chase Williams on Shabbat, and I didn't sing those kinds of songs in Shabbat. And so but i kind of got typecast because when you do something and you do it well, we want you to do it often. Right. And then you do it really well. We only want you to do that. So it's like you make great Turkey wings. Don't cook anything else. So every meal you got to cook Turkey wings, but it's like I cook, I had a roommate and she loved my fried chicken. So whenever I would cook, she wanted me to cook the same meal, fried chicken, rice, and corn. And it's like, do you think that's all I know how to cook? And it almost became insulting because it's like, oh, you're going to cook today? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to cook. So I get a menu in mind, fried chicken, rice and rice and corn. (laughs) To somebody that can actually cook, it's a slap in the face, you know. But our other roommate, oh, you can make rolls, you can make this, you can make that. But it's like, I I know how to cook other, other stuff too. <laughs> you know, and so when the songs are being passed out, it's like, "Oh, what are we gonna say? Oh, you do the fast line. Okay, you know. You know, so it's, it's, like, oh, it's all the it's way, funny, I'm it's
0: give- all all way, way. I'm gonna get. It's funny you because give- one of the questions yeah. I'm gonna ask you: Did you ever get tired of them giving you fast I'm Like one more chance, you shall receive when the Holy Ghost come. Stop by, stop by. Yeah, it's a, because did it's all. The
1: the, same, the way you just ran all those three songs together, those are three <laughs> different songs, but they, they all have the same vibe. They have the same movement. And then after a while, it becomes the same ad libs. So it's like, <laughs> this is getting boring. <laughs> and so now when people call me, I'm like, please don't send me no more Shaw song. Lil, you got I talk to Smurf. He's a producer out in Jersey. He's like, Lil, you gotta do. It. I said, Smurf, please don't send me no shout song. It's a shout but see, Lil, you the only, you you the master though. You the one, you 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 do I'm like, Mm 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 mm.
0: So Del- Deliverus showcases a different side of you. It's, I mean, Mm-mm. it's rocking. Still got that drive. You still add livin'. Tell a little story. Tell a story behind Deliver Us.
1: Uh, I wanted another song, you know, to release as a single to start getting people used to my actual style of singing, mm-hmm. versus what they've been accustomed to hearing. And so I talked to Patrick Bolton, and he's the minister of music at the, Pot- the Potter's House at City of Refuge
0: mm-hmm. in
1: LA, Mr. Noel Jones. But he was actually one of the original organists for New G back in the day. Mm -hmm. i've been on it for many years reached out to him told him what i wanted what style i wanted and he sent me this track and it's like and when i heard that i just heard the words deliver us
2: Mm -hmm. i
1: said okay good song about deliverance and i said what do we need deliverance from i said we need to talk about what the state the state of this world with the state of the church where are we I said, you know what? I preached a message from the book of Ezra, the ninth chapter, where the God's children had taken strange wives. Wow. I said, that'll be a good spot to start. Father, look at your children. Yeah, we've blown it again. We're in captivity again. We've taken on a lot of habits and hangups that led us back to our sin. Uh, we did a good job. Keeping up appearances to do the work in the church, but behind closed doors and dark curtains, we fail to put you first. Wow. But you said if we would humble ourselves and call you and turn from our wicked ways, you would hear us, you would heal us, you would help us. And most of all, you would deliver us. I wrote it in an hour. Wow. Sent back to him. And he said, you done already? I said, yeah. How you write a song in an hour? I write a song in ten minutes if it, if if the melody's right, <laughs> you know. But it just it hit me and I we tweaked a couple of things, and um, we had a song. And so we reached out. He reached out to Mike Grill and he got um, B Dub on bass, Mike Grill on keys, and um, he played organ. We got a horn, some live horns out there, and we put it together. And so he reached out to Chris McCorkle to play guitar. And I said, well, I have to have my kids one of my kids on guitar and the black rock star was not available. He, he didn't have the time to do it when I needed it done because mm-hmm. he was on tour with Bobby Sparks. And I'm like, you gotta get this done by this day. I gave him a week. Ma, I promise. Ma, ma. I said, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, not you. I don't have time a <laughs> broken promise. I need this today. If You can't get it done. Got to get somebody else. So he didn't deliver on the date that I needed him. And I needed it done right away. Well, well, I can get Chris to do it. I said, no, I want one of my boys. So I called my other baby. We call him Skinny. His name is Jemiah Rogers. He's in Chicago. And I called him. He's like, he was in the bed. He's like, send it over to me. I'm about to get up and do it right now. He was getting ready to go out of town. I said, like, "I need, I really need you to do this before, you know." I wanted him to try to do it while he was out of town, but I'm like, "Nah, he's going to see his son in Atlanta. I don't want him to take away from family time." But I is this track right now. He went in the studio and nailed it. Wow, nailed it. I said, "That's what I'm talking about." So I got my baby playing guitar on my song. I wanted my, I had, I let him have the pick, and all of those guys are, I'm cool. The uh, Jamie Gamble's on drums. I'm cool with all of them. But when it comes to the guitar, I have a specific sound that I want. And Chris McCorkle is an excellent guitarist. There's a video of him going around right now that's in heavy rotation on Instagram. But I said that for what I'm doing, I gotta have my boys on it. Gotta have my boys on it. And that's what we ended up
0: with, so Deliver Us. What is the next musical stage of Lillian, Evangelist and J. Lloyd? You have your single out now. You, you know, you're talking about you're going to be pastoring. What's next on your bucket list of things that you want to do?
1: Well, of course, I want to do a live recording. I want to do a live recording here in Vegas. I'm going to do, not just want to. I'm going to do a live recording here in Vegas. Um, haven't decided which casino I'm going to do it at, but I'm going to do it at one of the theaters in the casinos here because that's where else did you do it? You know, I don't want to have it at a church and not because I want to have it at a casino at one of the theaters because. Of the performance that goes with it, most of the churches here are not equipped to handle a theatrical type of performance hmm. on stage and then have room for the band and all the musicians and all that other stuff that we have for the show. B. Slate wrote several of the songs on the album, so you know how he goes. <laughs> so, there's no, <laughs> no way a church a church won't be able to contain that level of performance. So,
0: but Sean have- did um, his last session at a casino in Detroit. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did it at at the Motor City Casino.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a new way. You know, we the the church folks, we go to casinos for gospel concerts now.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And see, it's like people that have never been to a casino, it's not like you're right in the middle of slot tables. You just walk through the casino into a theater, and there's you don't even have to see the slot machines. You don't have to see any of that. You just go up the escalator, get on the elevator, and now you're in a theater. This is on a completely different side. There's malls inside the casino. There's everything inside. And then there's you go up the other elevator and then you're in the hotels. You're in the hotel where the where the rooms are.
0: Vegas is such a cool place. If have been
1: to Vegas before, you wouldn't know that. So.
0: It's definitely a cool place. Well, I want to thank you for this time. I have enjoyed this interview. Thank, thank you, you, you for speaking into my life. I appreciate thank you for, you for thinking
1: that. Thank you speaking into my life.
0: <laughs> As well, you didn't
1: it counts because you didn't know who I was gonna
0: be. Wow, I didn't.
1: <laughs> everybody, everybody can speak and they want to prophesy. Get it caught on film after you've already become the thing. But when you can, when you can take out time and teach kids, not knowing what they're gonna become, we just wanted to sing for the Lord. Right. You didn't know what we were gonna become, but you were kind to us, and we messed up a part. You would go back. <laughs> you had this little, <laughs> little thing you would do like. <laughs> running the parts and you taught us the parts and gave us an appreciation for singing to the Lord. But that word, before I can sing a song, I need the anointing. And before I can be anointed, I have to study to show myself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That part stuck with me. All of these, I was what over 28 years ago. Now oh. that part has to, this is 20 next year will be 30 years.
0: Wow, yeah, I, I, may have, I may have to re-record that. and, and We are old. I <laughs> may have to fly, fly the track out to Vegas and have somebody I know do the lead on it this <laughs> time. <laughs> As we wrap up, speak to a 17-year-old that is considering a career in gospel music that may have a calling on their life. Speak to that person.
1: Dear 17 year old that wants a career in gospel music, learn to sing to an audience of one. Learn to sing to Jesus. Develop a passion. Make sure your passion remains on doing a work for the Lord. This industry is trash. It really is. People will love your sound one minute and hate your sound tomorrow. If your feelings are easily hurt, If you are easily offended, this ain't the job for you. If you love the Lord and you love singing his praises and you can be content with that alone, if nobody buys your music, if nobody celebrates you, if nobody posts you on their Instagram page, if you don't get a lot of followers, can you still do the work of the Lord? If your answer is yes, then you are eligible to do this. If you're here for lights, if you're for fame, if you are here for money, this definitely ain't the spot for you because gospel music does not pay a lot of money. You've got to have a passion for it. You've got to really, really believe that God called you to do it. And if you believe that he will open doors, he will make ways, he will make provision for you. But a lot of, the, a lot of those days will be days where the money is kind of weird. It takes time. It's a slow burn, but it's an everlasting burn. It's a burn that doesn't run out.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for that wisdom. Again, thank you for stopping by the Carl B. Phillips show. I always close by saying this. Remember to work like you don't need the money. Love like you've never been hurt. And dance like no one's watching you. If you got it, I got it. (laughs) God bless until we meet again. Take care. The Carl B. Phillips Show. Thank you for listening to The Carl B. Phillips Show. For more information, go to carlbphillips.com. The Carl B. Phillips Show. Follow Carl B. Phillips on Instagram so we can stay in contact with each other.